0: The atrocities committed by the Nazis in World War II is well documented, but one in five Canadian youths don't have a clear understanding about the Holocaust and what happened at that time. Joining us this morning is an educator with the Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Centre for Holocaust Studies, Danielle Lurian. Good morning, Daniela. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Important day, obviously. Uh, I mean, this is uh, the 83rd we We're just hearing in our newscast. 83rd anniversary of Kristallnacht or the Night of Broken Glass when the Nazis, among them many ordinary Germans, terrorized the Jews in Germany and Austria. I think it's just ahead of Remembrance Day. Important that we continue to, to further this discussion and talk about the atrocities and, you know, what we're at in terms of being able to teach and, and how far we need to further teach the young people in our world about it. For sure. So, you know, do you get a lot of, do you, do you I guess, I'm wondering, do you, do you go into schools? How do you get the word out? How do you make young people understand exactly what went on? I mean, it's almost incomprehensible still to this day.
1: It is. That's a very good question. So we do go into schools. We also right now, of course, do a lot of virtual programming. So We've been able to reach schools all across Canada, including Calgary and other provinces and cities as well. And, you know, for us, when it comes to teaching about the Holocaust to students, we always try to, you know, make them understand the Holocaust didn't begin with concentration camps. It didn't even begin with murder. It began with words behaviors. It began the feelings of us and them, of I don't like that person because they are different than I am. And that's a universal understanding, unfortunately, whether it's bullying at school, whether it's happening in the community, on the news, in the world. So we really want them to understand how these things started, because that's the way that we can make sure that, that these things don't keep happening. Although, of course, we know that genocide did not end with the Holocaust, it happens today. Antisemitism did not begin or end with the Holocaust, it happens today. But we really want them to understand the beginnings, but also the stories of the survivors and of the victims, putting names, not just numbers, and understanding that these were real people that had hopes and dreams and plans for futures. And they didn't ask for this, it happened to them.
2: I'm wondering, uh, Daniela, the information is out there. This is this is fact, and, and we have so much information at our fingertips these days. Uh, but as we pile on the years and get further away, you know, we, you're talking to 80 years, uh, you know, how important is it to make sure that we do our due diligence not only as, uh, you know, uh, parents but educators? And how are we doing in Canada within the system of keeping these stories alive, do you think?
1: it's really important especially as you said now that time is moving forward that we do more of our due diligence because you're right the facts are out there but unfortunately so is the misinformation we still right now are in a position where we have holocaust survivors who are in their 80s 90s that can tell us about their experiences but 15 20 years from now we won't have that we'll be relying simply on recorded videos or written testimony we won't have the actual experiences But the fact that we already have Holocaust denial and distortion and misinformation means it's even more important that those facts are relayed. How we're doing on a general scale, I mean, the statistic you said before that some young people don't know about the Holocaust is unfortunately accurate. However, more and more I think it is becoming part of the education systems across the country, across different provinces, and also being fed into more of the, the lessons that we're seeing, not just Reserved for history textbooks. We're seeing novel studies and social studies or English classes. We're seeing survivor testimony being brought into different classes in order to keep these these memories alive, but also to keep educating.
0: Daniela, do we have stats on how many people left Germany following or during World War II and came to Canada? How many Jewish people landed in this country, and and how they've moved to you know help form the society that we live in today?
1: So. During the Holocaust, during the war, Canada's record was less than stellar, which is a complete honest truth. Um, less than 5,000 Jewish refugees were allowed into Canada from about 33 to 45. So we're talking years and years, and that's not per year. That's a total number.
0: Mm, wow.
1: Um, a lot of us are familiar, I believe, with the story of the MS St. Louis, the ship that was famously turned away and sent back to Europe, essentially. Um, that being said, I mean, those you know, 5,000 Jewish refugees that were able to come here did become parts of very vibrant communities across the country and establish themselves here.
2: Very interesting. The history is there in our nation. I want to ask you this about the miseducation or misinformation when it comes to the Holocaust and and what the Jewish people faced during World War II. And during the pandemic, this came up. Uh, You know, when we've had restrictions imposed on people by governments during COVID, people have made the comparison to the Holocaust and what Jewish people went through. Why is such a comparison not only incorrect, but also harmful?
1: It's harmful because it's just basically an affront to the memory of the millions of people that were killed, that perished. Um, you know, to compare ourselves and our government putting in place measures that are meant to protect us from a pandemic, comparing that to people being deported into concentration camps simply for being Jewish, Um to me there is no comparison to be fully honest and it is a very dangerous one to make because it makes things look okay and it's not
2: do you hear this much though have you, have you have you seen this much and do you address it or is it is it kind of not worth your time
1: <laughs> that's a good question um no we we certainly address it um because we do want people to understand that it is not an okay comparison to make i guess is what it comes down to and uh, again it comes with the same idea it's you know, it's either willful ignorance or in many ways it's, you know, when we use the Star of David or we use the swastika to, to protest COVID measures, it really isn't comparable. And then in many ways it just diminishes the memory of those that did perish.
0: Mm-hmm. Daniela, earlier you talked about anti-Semitism, obviously. It, it sadly still does exist in our country across the world. So are there educational tools you could send our listeners to that maybe you would be able to further educate themselves, their kids, their grandkids, on the atrocities of the Holocaust so that we can carry these stories forward so that nobody does forget them?
1: Of course. You know, I mean, the first thing I would absolutely encourage is being able to listen to a survivor. Um, and they realize anti-Semitism you know, anti-Semitism did not begin or end with the Holocaust. However, the Holocaust is one of our most blatant examples of anti-Semitism. So when they have the chance to hear that first-person testimony, whether it's from our organization, so we do offer virtual programming to to, to your listeners, to students, to teachers, to community groups, we can certainly arrange that. But even within your own communities and cities, if you have the option to, to listen to someone speak about their experiences, it's very worthwhile and very meaningful experience. Um, We organizationally here at the Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center also do a a number of workshops and lectures and seminars on anti-Semitism. We have our website, it's anti-Semitism, um, where we sort of help spread the word and help people understand exactly what it is and how it still manifests itself today.
2: Daniela, thank you uh, for a timely conversation. We appreciate your time this morning.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having us.
2: That is Daniela Lirion, educator with Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center for Holocaust Studies. And you can find out more online at friendsofsimonwiesenthalcenter.com.